Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. I know you feel tired. I know you feel exerted. I know you feel worn out. I know you feel you've given everything that you feel you have to give. But I promise you this, there is still more in the tank. There is reserve in your tank that you're probably not tapping into. And when you learn to tap into that, you really can start to take life to new levels. Welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development, and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, as always, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm going to stick with my theme this week, which is to read you short excerpts out of my book, 67 Kick-Ass Philosophies for Small Business Owners. These are philosophies, little memes, if you like, that uh, come straight out of my success groups. They come straight out of my uh, 12, what, nearly 13 years of working with ambitious business owners. And they're designed deliberately to give you a little food for thought to, to really ponder upon to see how you can apply these philosophies in your own life, in your own business, in order to create greater levels of success. Today, we are looking at how there is always more left in the tank. And I'm going to read from you just the very short description that goes along with that philosophy, and then we'll have a little chat with it after. There's always more left in the tank. The last time you exercised, did you stop when it got uncomfortable or when you physically couldn't give any more? Discomfort and pain are impulses within the brain triggered by messages from the body. Take running on a treadmill. Impulses from the legs tell the brain they're under increasing stress. That initial discomfort triggers a warning. You might not heed it, but you'll become conscious of it. As the activity continues, the discomfort intensifies and becomes painful, signalling a stronger warning to stop running. These warnings often trigger prematurely, stopping us way before we run out of gas. By pushing a little harder, we can condition ourselves to endure increasing levels of discomfort so that we might enjoy the richer rewards that come from such activities. Additionally, evolution created an override. When the task being performed is deemed non-essential, the brain more readily perceives the pain. But with more important and purposeful activity, the brain dials down the feeling of pain, allowing you to keep going. Many of us allow discomfort to stop us long before we've run out of juice. If you're willing to push yourself and if your goals are meaningful, there's always a bit more in the tank. Once again, evolution and our unconscious brain and our what I call mindset mechanics are holding us back from potentially achieving all we could achieve, from becoming all we could be and enjoying life to its maximum. Another example that I sometimes use is if you're walking around your house and you've got bare feet, and you kick a door or the edge of a bed or the edge of a table, the chances are the pain will be like nothing you've ever felt before. You may crumple into a heap onto the sofa, maybe even onto the floor, and you'll wail around like a little baby. We all do. However, when you're out, let's say, for example, playing rugby or football, it's possible to actually break a toe, break your foot, break a bone, and not even necessarily recognize that pain because of the adrenaline, because of the brain, as I've talked about already just in that short 
few paragraphs, has dialed back the feeling of pain in order to continually allow you to drive forward. This goes back again to our evolutionary past. And again, let's just put it back into context. Let's say you and I are out hunting. If we're out hunting and we're chasing a wild boar and we're right on the heels of that wild boar and the perception is if we catch this thing, we get to live, we get to eat heartily, all is good in our world. If we let this boar go, we potentially starve to death. Our tribe potentially starves to death. Maybe the shame that we might feel going back to the tribe empty handed. As you can see in that example, we are engaged in what would definitely be perceived as meaningful activity. You would argue life and death. And therefore, if we were running across the forest floor and we stubbed our toe or we, I don't know, pricked our foot, cut our foot, even gashed our leg open, the chances are the brain would deliberately not recognize that, wouldn't bring our attention to that, so that we could continue the hunt, get the kill, and then we would feel the pain. And my God, we would feel the pain. The pain then comes in and the pain is designed to draw attention to the injury so that we then nurse that injury to protect ourselves. However, the short-term gain of catching that boar is going to outweigh the pain that we're in, and therefore, we don't necessarily feel that pain, certainly not to the same degree or the same intensity that we otherwise would have done if we were, again, were just walking around the forest and you accidentally stubbed your toe or tore your leg open on a bush, for example, you would feel that pain much more readily. The same thing with physical exertion. The treadmill example I shared with you there is if you're on a treadmill and you are training for a marathon or training for a run or you're just really you know, focused on your goals and objectives of running further, running faster, getting fitter, getting leaner, then there's a real meaning behind the, the exercise. There's meaning behind it. In other words, there's a price that's willing to be paid by the unconscious, by the body, in order to achieve that objective. If, however, you're running on the treadmill and you hate the gym, you hate running, you hate the treadmill you're feeling particularly unmotivated that day, if it starts to feel pointless, if it starts to feel like there's no reason for being there, then of course that pain is going to be more readily experienced by you, your unconscious. is not going to suppress any of that pain and it will hurt more. And here's the thing, because pain is very subjective. It's not objective. So we know that you can condition yourself to pain. Physically, you can condition yourself against pain, but also mentally, you can condition yourself against pain. If you've never done an ounce of exercise in your life, the chances are any amount of exercise is going to be perceived as incredibly painful. And yet athletes, for example, go out there and break their bodies down and destroy their muscles in order to get stronger and faster, in order to be more powerful, to be able to compete better. Do they feel pain? 100%. But the pain doesn't feel the same as, say, your pain if you're someone that has never exercised whatsoever. Your pain might feel like real discomfort. The brain hasn't really made a connection between why you're in pain and the outcome of that pain. And therefore the price you're paying, the pain is not worth it. And therefore it will draw your attention to that pain. You'll more readily experience that pain. The athlete, however, they've conditioned himself potentially over years, maybe even decades to endure that kind of discomfort. And more importantly, they've probably reprogrammed themselves so that actually the pain they're feeling is perceived is a good thing because the harder I'm working, the more pain I'm in, the more I know I'm getting stronger. When I used to compete in competitive kickboxing, when I used to do bodybuilding the years after that, the pain that I would feel in my muscles, the pain I'd feel in my lungs and my heart was definitely perceived as a good thing, especially when you do it in a team environment, by the way. It's perceived as a positive thing. So I can feel the pain and instead of that pain hurting, even though it does hurt, the perception is not the same 
when the perception of that pain is I'm getting stronger, I'm getting fitter. What I'm doing now is investing myself. What I'm doing now is worthwhile. And therefore, you can completely and utterly change your perception of what pain is. When you're investing yourself in your business, if you're not particularly connected to your why, if you're not connected to the purpose behind your business, you don't have goals that you're focused on, a vision that you're creating and stepping into, that you're manifesting, then it's very easy to just feel like you're working long hours, just slogging it out, meaningfulness. And the brain will fight you. It will make you more aware of the discomfort, the pain, the long hours, the tiredness, the sacrifices that you're making. And therefore, the whole thing becomes a lot more uncomfortable. And the more uncomfortable it is, the more your brain's going to bring your attention to that discomfort, the easier it's going to be for you ultimately to quit, which is why the brain's bringing your attention to that discomfort in the first place, because it wants you to stop doing what you're doing, because it's perceiving that you are harming yourself in some way, and it's trying to protect you and keep you safe. However, if you're purposeful, if you have strong meaning behind your activity, behind your goals, behind your sacrifices, and if you're focused on those outcomes and you're focused on all of the gain and the positivity behind the effort that you're putting in, you may still feel tired. You may still feel the discomfort, but I promise you, you do not feel it in the same way. And you can even completely flip that around where you actually feel good about pushing harder. You feel good about working harder. You feel good about the sacrifice. In the last episode, episode 282, I read another excerpt from the book and we were talking about how you need to align what you're doing today, the activity today, with the goals that you want to create in the future. But then it's essential that you feel the rewards of your activity today and not have to just defer all of the rewards until the future. The person that's going to the Olympics to compete at the Olympics, they may have years of pain. They may have been working at this since they were a child. And they may have endured decades, potentially, of pain in order to get them to a point when they go to the Olympics and they can be competitive for a medal or even just to get to the Olympics. And if they've held that vision, they've held that goal in their mind since they were 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, then they can continually show up for the next 10 years putting themselves through pain, putting themselves through extreme sacrifice. They can have extreme discipline in order to fulfill upon that dream, if that dream is big enough. And the reason that most of us never achieve anything of that magnitude is down to two reasons. Number one, we never believe it's possible in the first place, so we never even get started. And two, we're not willing to go through the discomfort, the pain and the sacrifice that other people are who get there. Yes, I'm sure that there is a genetic factor in this as well. However, I think there are faster runners than the fastest runners out there today that never realized how fast they could possibly be because they never tried, they never pushed themselves, and they don't possibly know what they could have achieved because they never gave 100%. For example, an athlete that gets the Olympics has pushed themselves every step of the way 100% over and over again, broken their body down, potentially injured themselves, had to come back through rehabilitation to compete again. They've had to go through the mental conditioning, the physical conditioning. They've had to go through the emotional conditioning that's required for someone to be able to operate at that kind of level, to be competitive at a level, world level, where you and just a handful of other people have managed to attain this degree of performance. My question to you, how fast could you run if you'd done the same. 
you don't know genetically if it plays a part. I'm sure it does to some degree. You may or may not have ever been able to compete at the Olympics, even if you'd done what these top Olympic athletes have done. Many people, they do dedicate themselves like that and they never quite make it to the Olympics. Maybe you would also be one of those also-rans. Maybe you would get to the Olympics, but you know, you were never going to be gold medal. You were never going to beat Usain Bolt. Maybe nobody was ever going to beat Usain Bolt in those years. But you would have run so much faster than you have ever run in your life so far. And that's the point. Even if there is some genetic reason that some people are super successful. Now, I think it's less likely, by the way, that's true, than, say, physical performance. But even if it's true, there is a degree of genetics involved in people who are super, super successful. The truth is, if you'd applied yourself in the same way that they had their entire life, how successful would you be? You may not have been the number one in the world. You may not have equaled them in terms of their success, but you would be so far more successful than you would otherwise have been. And this is the point of today. You're not in a race with anybody else. There are no gold medals up for grabs. It's you and you alone. And it's the message that I finished the last episode on, which is why wouldn't you want to take life as far as you can? Why wouldn't you want to push yourself and see who you could be, what you could achieve? With the one opportunity you've been given, this life that you've been afforded, why wouldn't you want to just go and see what you could achieve, both yourself as an individual level, what you could create, what you could bring into this world, what you could experience in this life. Why wouldn't we want to take it to the next level? Why do so many of us play it safe? Why do so many of us settle for mediocrity when there's obviously clearly so much more out there for us? And a handful of people go out there and grab everything, everything that life has to offer. And we sit back and we look at these people and we think that somehow they're special We think somehow their genetics played such a part in them that they were always destined for this great success. And somehow Richard Branson was always going to be successful, but maybe you were never going to be successful. The truth of the matter is, even if there is some magical part to play in Richard Branson's success, if you'd lived your life like Richard Branson, if your perspective on the world was that of Richard Branson's, if you'd had the discipline of Richard Branson, if you'd gone out and learned their business acumen, their business knowledge, that Branson's picked up along the way as well. If you'd followed in his footsteps and done exactly what he did, you may not have achieved everything that he achieved, but could you see how much you might have achieved compared to maybe what you'll achieve otherwise? This isn't about copying Branson. This isn't about replicating anybody, but it's there to show you an example of realizing that Richard Branson is great because Richard Branson is Richard Branson But he's only Richard Branson because Richard Branson does what Richard Branson does. And if we did what he did, we would get our version of what he's got. And maybe I wouldn't have a seven billion pound company. Maybe I wouldn't be one of the most well-known entrepreneurs on the planet. But would I be so much further ahead than I am now if I'd applied some of those things that he'd applied himself to? Then of course I'd be so much more successful. If I'd lived my life like an athlete from the age of 13 to the age of 28, I would have had an idea of how fast I could have possibly ever run. And it would be so much faster than I have ever run because I've never applied myself in that way. And therefore, most of us, we never get a glimpse of our own potential because we either block ourselves from the get-go by believing it's not possible for us to achieve certain things 
And then even if we believe it's possible for us to achieve certain things, we're not willing to endure the discomfort and the pain, the sacrifice, the discipline that's required in order to achieve those outcomes. So yeah, there is something special about people that achieve special things in this world, but it's not because of them individually. What makes them special is that they perceive the possibility of what they could be, of what they could achieve. And then they're willing to endure the pain and discomfort that's required in order to achieve these incredible outcomes. But don't think for a second that it's the same feeling of pain, discomfort or sacrifice that maybe you would feel. For them, it's worth it. For them, it's meaningful and purposeful. And therefore, for them, they do not feel the pain in the same way that you do. And therefore, they're able to tap into that reserve, to tap into that extra that's left in the tank. When you're saying, I'm tired, I'm uncomfortable, I want to go home now, I've had enough. They know there's another 10, 20, maybe 30% in there to tap into. And they do feel pain. They do get the, the wall, if you like. And their brain is still trying to get them to switch off. The difference is they know there's more there. They've been there many times before and they push harder and they push through it and then they tap into this reserve. I'll finish this with one last example, true life example of my own life. It is around running again and there's a hill not far from where I live. And I remember running up this hill and I was training for a half marathon at the time. And I remember running up this hill and I'd only just started the run. I was in the first kind of few minutes even of this run. And I remember just feeling like all wrong and it was miserable and uncomfortable. It was hurting. My heart was pounding like twice as hard or seemingly twice as hard as normal. My lungs were hurting. It was a cold night. Everything felt wrong about this. And I remember running up this, this hill and I remember thinking, God, this is horrible. This is miserable. And as soon as my attention was brought to the pain, suddenly the pain was even more painful. It's like I had this little niggle that said, oh, this is uncomfortable. And I was like, oh my God, this really is uncomfortable. Oh my God, it's agony, right? So the more you're drawn to the pain, the more the pain feels. You know this, if you've got a little kid and the kid falls over, what we want to do is rush straight over and make sure they're okay. What we try and do is hold back a little bit and just see if the kid's really hurt or not. Because the moment you make a fuss about the little kid, the moment you start saying, does that hurt? You know what happens if you're a parent, the kid starts saying, oh yeah, it does hurt. And then they'll start crying. The question was, was it really hurting before? And if it was hurting, were they aware it was hurting? And certainly was it hurting to the degree of needing to cry and wail on the floor? Well, probably not because they weren't. So you know this, you draw your attention to pain, it feels twice as painful straight away. Then you're aware it's twice as painful, it becomes even more painful. The whole point is, as I've already said before, it's to get you to stop. On this particular occasion, I remember just fighting myself up this hill and my brain just kept saying, oh, this is quick, let's call it a day, let's come back tomorrow, let's do this, let's do that. And I remember thinking, you know what, I don't want to be, I don't want to be you know, the little bitch to my unconscious brain. I don't want to be subservient to my unconscious brain. I remember just fighting it all the way up the hill and everything in me wanted to stop. It was miserable. The pain just became incredible and it wasn't real pain. I knew it wasn't real pain. It couldn't possibly be real pain. I'd only been running about four or five minutes. I'd done this run before, many times. So I knew that it was just a perception of pain, but my God, it hurt. And I ran and ran and eventually my brain got the message. My brain understood that I wasn't going to stop running. And then my brain got on board. It realised, unconsciously, not really realising, because the unconscious doesn't think like that, it's more programmed, but the unconscious comes to its conclusion that actually this clearly is happening, I'm not stopping this from happening, and now me holding this back is causing more harm 
than actually good and therefore the unconscious got on board. The pain dissipated, I got into my stride and it ended up being one of the most powerful runs I'd ever done. I remember it so clearly, I've talked about it many times since, it stood out as just this incredible performance of something that would be so easy to stop. It felt so painful at the beginning and then to end up feeling so strong down the line. And I realized there and then, and it's something I've talked about many times since, which is there's always more in the tank. And the pain kicks in long before, the discomfort kicks in long before you're done, long before you've run out of gas. And if you push a little bit harder and you push a little bit harder, your unconscious will hold you back a bit more, hold you back a bit more, draw your attention increasingly to the pain. You'll feel the pain more readily. You'll feel it more intensely, potentially. And then the brain gives up. The unconscious gives up. And then the pain diminishes. And in that moment, you're left wondering, was I really in pain or was I not in pain? Well, here's the thing. Pain only exists in the brain. And the brain is the only organ in the body that has no pain receptors. So the brain perceives the pain that's triggered from all the receptors around your body. But there is no pain in your hand. It's the receptors in your hand sending signals to the brain. The brain perceives that pain. And that's where the pain exists. So unconscious is able to dial up the pain. It's also able to dial back on the pain. The more purposeful you are, the more meaningful you are, the more deliberate you are, the more that you're the boss and that you're making decisions, the more subservient your brain will be to you. There's always a little bit more in the tank. You've always got one more mile. There's always a couple more press-ups. There's always a little bit more you can do in sales, a little bit more you can do in your business. This isn't about pushing yourself to the point where you break. A smart trainer, a smart athlete, a smart coach will know there's a point beyond which you're now doing real damage and the brain will allow you to damage your own body. In the example of hunting that boar, your brain will allow you to tear a ligament, potentially, in order to kill that boar. Well, clearly in today's world, that's a price not worth paying. The athlete tears a ligament, they're out of action potentially for months. It could be the end of an entire season. So you need to be smart about this. So you need to not break yourself physically. You don't want to burn yourself out physically. But equally, you don't want to stop too soon. You don't want to play it too safe. You don't want to stop because it's a little bit uncomfortable when there's so much more on the other side, so much more available to you if you push yourself to the other side. Remind yourself, there's nearly always a little bit more left in the tank. Nice one. Thank you for listening. Look, maybe we're not built to be world-class athletes. Maybe we're never going to be the next Richard Branson. The whole point of this is actually about what we could be ourselves. Who could we be? What could we create? What could we do? How far could we take life? How far could we take our businesses? What could we experience in this life if we pushed a little bit harder, worked a little bit harder, and dared to push ourselves through some of that perception of pain. If you are an ambitious small business owner and you want to know a little bit more about what we're doing at our success groups, please do go and check out biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. If you want to speak to a real human being, then reach out to Tracy Miller in the first instance by email and you can reach her at Tracy with an E dot Miller at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. She would love to hear from you and she'll talk to you about how we can help you level up so that you can take your business to that next level. 
Whether you are just starting out in business, whether you're doing 20, 30, 40, 50, 60K, and you're building your business, and you want to hit 100K or more in the next 12 months or less, or if you're already breaking 100K, maybe even heading up to half a million, and you want to scale that business, then we've got groups of ambitious business owners at that level doing exactly that right now. They would love to be part of your journey. They would love you to be a part of theirs. At Success Groups, we help you set your goals. We help you create your vision. We help you to align and tune into your purpose, the meaning behind what you're doing. We help you to push through your own personal self-imposed limitations. We help you navigate the challenges in the external world. We help you with tactics and we celebrate you when you succeed and we help you back to your feet when maybe you fail. We are all on our own individual journeys, but we're doing it in a team environment. We're creating incredible success, and I'd love you to experience that in your life as well. Please do go and check us out, biggerbrightbolder.co.uk. I'll put those links in the description of this episode. I'll also put the links to the book, 67 Kick-Ass Philosophies for Small Business Owners, and other resources to help you on your ongoing journey of success. I will see you next time. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. 